So, um, no, but seriously, guys, I love the family vibe that you guys have. And um, I, I've been digging into gratitude uh, recently. And, and it was funny because Corey was like, all right, you can either talk about gratitude or lament. And I was like, probably gratitude because I don't know how to lament. And that's why we're having Enoch next week, which is going to be awesome. But, um, but it was crazy because like I look up Thanksgiving and I go to this encyclopedia that, and I look up thanks and all the verses that it says thanks in the Bible. And it's just like, and I was like, where do you even start? Like, you know, I'm like, this is going to be like a five minute message because I have no, but honestly, as I started to dig into what gratitude is, it is, hey, <laughs> it is, I mean, it's, it's a well worth drinking from, honestly. So um, I want to start um, by just jumping right in. I'm excited to talk to you guys about what I've been learning. And uh, we're going to be in Luke 17, um, starting in verse 11. And so if you guys don't have your Bibles, we'll probably have it up. Um, but I'm not going to necessarily like stick in this text the whole time, but we're going to use it as like a springboard to jump into the topic of gratitude, if you will. And I'll I'll keep reference, referencing back to it, but um, Luke 17, starting at verse 11, it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Okay, so just a little bit of context, which I'm sure you've probably heard from Corey or someone else. But leprosy was this disease that like, I mean, you were quarantined. We know about quarantine. Um, and it was like you were pushed to the margins of society, like sometimes outside of the city. So you just were not in society with your family or the job you were in. You couldn't worship in the temple. So you like couldn't be with God, which is kind of crazy that that's how it was, but, but like you were considered unclean, right? And, and so these men, they're like, Jesus, heal us. And he says, go to the priests, which is what you would have done to see if you were clean. And then you could be, but you could be brought back into society, right? But this is the weirdest thing to me is Jesus response when the guy comes back to thank him. Like it says, he's coming in a loud voice. And he's like, Jesus, Thank you so much for what you've did. Like, oh my goodness, praise you, right? And Jesus is like, weren't there nine others? You know? And, and, and it just kind of is strange to me. I'm sure maybe there were other things said, but this is all that's recorded, right? And he says, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one to return to give praise to God? And so that shows to me that like gratitude is really important to Jesus. And so tonight, I want to answer the question, why is gratitude so important to Jesus, all right? So before we jump in, 
Um, I just want to pray, and then we'll get going. So, Father, I thank you so much for this time, and God, I thank you that you're here. Um, and Jesus, we want to encounter you. You've rose from the dead, and you are alive today. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would be here and that you would touch the hearts of people here, that you'd teach us. Holy Spirit, we need you, um, and I pray this all in Jesus' name. Okay, so guys, I kind of want to brainstorm. In this story, um, why was there a lack of gratitude in the, in the other nine? Okay, so the, this isn't in the text, obviously, but like, I'm just going to brainstorm, okay? So, and then I'm also going to like tie it to our culture. I'm going to kind of just go back and forth. But so on the one hand, I'm thinking maybe these nine, like they wanted an immediate answer, right? So it's like, I don't want to have to go to Jerusalem. Like, can you just heal me now? Like, I know you've healed other people like right then and there. Like, can you just heal me now? So maybe they left and they were frustrated and they didn't want to go because they wanted an immediate answer. And see, we live in a culture of immediacy, right? We want an answer now. And if God is all-powerful and he can answer prayer, we expect him to answer now. We don't trust the process of going to Jerusalem. So I think of it in terms of like, say you prayed for someone to be healed, and it's like God didn't heal him right then and there. But then like two weeks later, your grandma knows a specialist who like deals with this certain disease, and your friend goes to this specialist, and a couple months go by, and then they finally, like, there's, the disease is gone, right? But by the time that, that they're healed, we've, like, already forgotten that we prayed the prayer to, for them to be healed, right? So we have a culture of immediacy. So I'm thinking maybe in this story, um, the other nine, they wanted a spectacular miracle. They're like, Jesus is this miracle worker, and I want to see an amazing work of God. And it's like, you know, I've seen him put mud on people's eyes or like I should, you know, he's going to ask me to go and like wash in some pool and it's going to be like dramatic and whatever. And he's just like, go show yourself to the priest. And they're like, what? And I think we have a culture of entertainment. We want things to be amazing, if we're being honest. And we're easily bored, are we not? We forget the wonder of the mundane gifts of life that God gives us every single day. We say things like, well, God, thank you for these clothes, but they're not that clothes. Thank you for this job, but it's not that job. Or we say like, God, thank you for my friends, but you didn't give me that spouse that I wanted. Right? We're a culture of entertainment. We overlook the daily simple gifts. Now back to the story, maybe these other nine, they were focused on getting back into society, right? Like they're like, they wanted to be proclaimed clean and get on with their lives. And so when they find they're healed, they're like, oh, I, I don't really want to like go back. Like that would just take a long time. Like Jesus would want me to get proclaimed clean and get back into society, right? Like it's just, it's, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, I'm going to get on with my life. And I think we have a culture of self-fulfillment. It's all about me and getting my needs met instead of worship and adoration to the one who's done it for us. We're too busy to give thanks. 
And as soon as God answers, we rush on to the next thing. We're like, God, thank you so much for that. But here's this next thing. Like, we don't slow down and thank God and sit in it. And lastly, in the story, this is just what I'm thinking up, but it's like, maybe they were like, this is what I deserve. Because it's like, I am Jewish after all, and, and Jesus is the promised Jewish Messiah. Like, of course he should heal me, you know? And maybe that's why, like, it was only the Samaritan that came back. I don't know. Just brainstorming. But I think we live in a culture of entitlement. See, we expect to live safe and healthy lives. And we think Jesus said, in this life, you'll never have any troubles. It's going to be great. But he said, in this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. We have this, we, we expect that God is going to fulfill and answer all of our wants when he's like, I'll give you your daily bread. And, and lastly, I don't think they, they didn't live in a rationalistic society, but we do. And I think one thing I see is our culture is a culture of self-sufficiency. So we take credit for the things that God does. We're like, I'm so good at networking, that's where, why I am where I am in my career. Or I'm so good at working out, that's why I'm healthy. Or I'm really good at saving and investing, and that's why there's money in the bank. And so we don't even thank God for the gifts that he gives because we can explain away the reason why we have them. We're a culture of self-sufficiency. And lastly, I think as humans, we're just forgetful. We thank God in the moment and then we just completely forget what he's done. And all in the Old Testament, you see this. It says the people did not remember the Lord their God. In Judges 2, if we can put that up, it says, Another generation grew up who neither knew the, sorry, who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. So they forgot God. They were made for a relationship with God, and then they forgot God, and so they started worshiping false gods, these other idols, right? So what happens when humanity fails to thank God? It's pretty clear in Romans 1. Um, actually, I'm going to have to read this off of here. But Romans 1.21 says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened nor gave thanks to him. So they didn't give thanks to him. So next, we're going to skip to 24. Therefore, what does God do? God gives them over to their desires. He's like, you want to do this? You want to you try life without me? Here you go. So what's, let's go to verse 25. So it says, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who's forever praised. Amen. And so the warning here, guys, is, at least that I pick up, is brothers and sisters, do not love God's good gifts more than you love him. See, often the things that become idols are like good things. We think idols are these bad things. No, no, like we're not going to serve idols. 
But what happens is we find this good thing in creation that God has given us, and we tap it of all its potential, and then we ask more of it, things that it cannot give us, right? So things like, like our society, right? It's like we, uh, like consumption. God has given us this gift of consuming things and to delight in his world, right? And yet our culture takes this good thing and puts it on a pedestal, and it becomes consumerism. And it becomes the chief end of life is I am searching for stuff and experiences so that I can, I can enjoy my life and spend my money on these experiences and things that I buy, right? And we do these with like relationships and jobs, with cars, sexuality, money, beauty, status, you name it, right? These are good gifts from God. But when we fail to thank him, they start to take the place of God and we start to worship those things. So why is gratitude important to Jesus? I think it reorients our hearts back into relationship with God. But see, guys, we see this all throughout the Old Testament where they, they failed to thank God and they went their own way. <clears throat> but so since we have a culture of entertainment and self-fulfillment, entitlement, self-sufficiency, because we've adopted those things into our hearts, we are depressed, we're anxious, we're angry, and we're stressed out. That's the reality. And it, it kind of makes me think, um, when I think about like ungratefulness, I think of this story. There's like an old Jewish fable, and uh, I, I love it. It's like there's two guys, and they're walking in the Red Sea, right? Like God has split the Red Sea, and they're walking through it. And they're, wa- they're looking down. So they're like walking in this Red Sea and they're complaining about like the mud that's getting on them. And, and all the while, if they were to look up, they would see that God is doing this amazing miracle. And I think sometimes that's the way we are in life. We're like, we complain because we're just looking down at our situation. And, and when we like, we thank God we start to like look out and it's not all about our situation. We get perspective, right? So because of our ungratefulness, we miss out on what Jesus wants to give us. So what does the Lord want to give us? That's a great question. Thanks for asking. Um, I would say two things. One is he wants to give us healthy bodies and a good mental health. And you're like, okay, Mark, Health, wealth, and prosperity. I'm not listening to you anymore. What are you talking about? But just hear me out. Um, I was looking up studies, like psychological studies that they've done, like practicing gratitude. So Dr. Robert A. Imans, I think that's how you say it, of University of California, Davis, and Dr. Michael E. McCullough of University of Miami had three three different groups, okay? For 10 weeks, they had one group that was like, I want you to write about all the things that you're grateful for that come up in these 10 weeks, okay? And then on the other hand, they had everybody um, write about daily irritations that came up. And then there was a group in the middle that just wrote about things that affected them, neither positive nor negative, right? And what they found with the people who were practicing gratitude 
It was like they had lower blood pressure and they had fewer visits to physicians. And what was the other thing? They were like just genuinely like happier, right? And none of their circumstances changed. Am I missing one? I think I'm missing one. Anyways, but like overall, like things, oh, and they worked out more. But it was like, it was like all the things that we would that we would say, oh gosh, it's my beard. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> we good? I can't move too much. Okay. But all the things associated with like being healthier and happier, it was like these people started to experience. Now, I'm not saying, well, actually, before I say that, um, there, there's this guy named Alex Korb, and he, he kind of was commenting on this study. He's a neuroscientist from UCLA. He says, gratitude requires an appreciation of the positive aspects of your situation. It is not a comparison. Sometimes noticing what other people don't have may help you see what you can be grateful for, but you have to actually take that next step. You actually have to show appreciation for what you have for it to have an effect. And there was this other study I saw that was like, they had people write down thank you notes and send it to people, just one thank you note a month. And they found that like, now this is where it gets above me, but like, like the dopamine in their brain lasted for like weeks after that like the effect of writing that letter, right? And, and what was crazy is you didn't even have to send out the thank you note. You just had to write it, and it had the same effect, which I just thought was very interesting. So I'm not saying that, like, if you practice gratitude, your life's going to be amazing. But what I am saying is God has created us a certain way, and all science is doing is observing that, right? So when we live in gratitude, we are happier and healthier people. God wants us to flourish, and we flourish when we live in gratitude. And it makes me think of the verse in, in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. And you're like, all circumstances? And then it says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And we're like, you know, we're always like, well, at least I am. I'm like, God, what's your will for my life? You know, I just don't know. Should I eat an In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A? I just don't know, you know, whatever. But we're always like, what, what's God's will for my life? And right here, it's pretty obvious. It's in every circumstance, give thanks. I think it's interesting. The second thing, and I think most importantly, is the Lord wants to give us himself. See, it was the Samaritan who actually went back, who actually encountered and met Jesus. And I found this very interesting. I was reading people who are way smarter than me. And they talked about the last part that says, your faith has made you well. And they, they said that that is linked to salvation. Right? It's talking about this person experiencing salvation from Jesus. And so it's like all ten were cleansed, but only one person was saved. The other nine had to be grateful to realize who Jesus was. And once they knew him, then they could receive salvation. So I have a question. What if what Jesus wants to give you 
wants to give us can only be accessed once we've already been grateful for what he's already done. And I don't think it's like Jesus was like testing them and it's like, oh, if they're grateful, then I'll give them something better. It's that gratitude actually enables us to have a relationship with him and therefore to receive the deeper, greater gifts from him. And I love this image. It's like, grat- I, I picture gratitude as like the gateway to the giver, right? And that's what I found. So, so Corey was like, you need to talk about your own experience. Because he, he was like, I don't want you to just learn about this and teach it. I want you to like practice it for like this month because I've been not prepping for a month, but I've known about it for a month. And, uh, and uh, so it was cool because like I would, I would like, you know, thank God on the way to church, you know, because I work here. Um, and, then, and then what I would do is like I walk with Felicity on Saturdays because I watch her because I'm her father. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so I'd be pushing her in my stroller, right? And I'm like, all right, Felicity, we're going to thank God for everything that comes to mind. And so we're just going. And I'm like, God, thank you for the blue sky. Thank you for the green leaves on that tree. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful sidewalk that we get to walk on. God, thank you for this stroller that Felicity gets to sit in and I can push. You know, all these things. And what I found happened was like, I became more present. Like I actually looked at that tree for a second and I actually took it in. You know, I actually looked at the sky and kind of took it in for a second. And I found that it got me out of my head, right? Like how many of us, when we're driving home, sometimes we get home and we're like, whoa, I'm glad I didn't crash because I was not paying attention apparently. I'm home. Um, And... And I think sometimes we're so in our heads that, that we just pass by, again, these mundane gifts that God gives us every single day. And so it was cool because it's like, that's what I experienced. Like, gratitude helped me be more present. And here's what I will argue. It's awesome to dream about the future with God, right? And it's great to remember what he's done. Those are both great things. But... I would argue only in the present can you truly be with God. Can you actually experience and commune and talk with him? Like it's only right now that I can be like, Lord, I love you. Like thank you for who you are. Like it's, it's only now in the present that I can talk with him. And so that's what I found was like it brought me into the presence into the present, and then into the presence of God. And I I think of that verse um, in Psalms, I think it's Psalm 100, that's like, enter his courts with thanksgiving. And I think that's like, we should enter with thanksgiving because of what he's done, but I think it's like a way to enter his presence is through thanksgiving. Okay. So if gratitude has all these benefits, right? right? Both physically, but also allows us to know Jesus then how do we become more grateful? And I think sometimes we're like, all right, Mark, I'll be more grateful when my circumstances change. 
And here's what I'm going to say. The science disagrees with you. Right? Like, the, like those people who are practicing gratitude, nothing changed drastically, but they were like genuinely happier and had a better outlook on life, and nothing changed except that they practiced gratitude. And here's the thing. There's always going to be the next thing. So even when you're like, when my housing situation finally works out, then I'll be grateful. It's like, you're going to want a better house, or you're going to want a better car, or you're going to want a better job. Like, it's always going to keep going. So what we need to do is we need to develop rhythms of thanksgiving. Now, this is like my favorite part. So all throughout the Old Testament, thanksgiving was central to life. So listen to this. They would do things like thank offerings. And what they would do is they'd go to the temple when they had like a new child. So Corey, you can go to the temple. Or they inherited a property or they made a vow. So these things, they would go to the temple and they would thank God and they would give a sacrifice of thanks to God. And often with these sacrifices, there'd be meals and celebrations, right? And what's nuts is in the Jewish community, um, they would have holidays, right? That link to the present and to the past, okay? So listen to this, Passover, it's the first of the barley harvest right? So you're thanking God for the barley harvest that he's given, and then you're also remembering how he brought you out of, out of Egypt and the exodus, and that the angel of death passed over and had mercy, right? Then you have the festival of ingathering. It's called the Feast of Booths, and it would be interesting if we all did this, but um, so you thank God for the harvest, right? The present harvest that he has given us, And then you also, what they do is they literally build tents out in the wilderness and they stay there for a week and they do nothing except eat and celebrate. Again, that would be very interesting if we all did that. Um, But it's, it's remembering how God dwelt with his people in the wilderness in tents, which I think is so cool. And they just have so many holidays. I looked up all the holidays, like the Jewish holidays, and there's just so many. There's like weeks where people are just doing nothing but eating and celebrating. It's, I mean, we should do that, I think. But these holidays are telling the story of God, and they're remembering what God has done. And what's nuts is they didn't just end there. They're like, okay, we got our holidays, good. It's like they kept adding more. So it's like, hey, Esther was great. And she, uh, she helped save, like, our people. Let's celebrate Purim. The Maccabees, they defeated the Greeks. Let's celebrate Hanukkah. And, and what I also find interesting is they're not just, like, one day we celebrate. Hanukkah is, like, pretty long. Um, <clears throat> and then what's also cool is can we get a picture of the Ebenezer? It's not actually an Ebenezer. But I was walking up north, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's what an Ebenezer would look like. It's, they're just rock piles, Right? And they would build these. And so what would happen is like, you know, you'd be walking by and your kid would be like, hey, dad, why is there that rock pile? And it's like, oh, well, son, it's, be- it's for when God did this. And you tell him the story of what God did. And you're remembering what he's done and you're being thankful and grateful for what he did. So they built stones of remembrance. And when they did these things, they remembered the Lord and were thankful. 
And Jesus, he participated in all these things. He gave thanks before meals. He did spontaneous prayers of thanks before he multiplied the bread and raising Lazarus. Um, and he thanks God for the bread and the wine and communion between God and man. We too must have practices and rhythms of gratitude. And I think this is, this is very interesting, is like, I think we need to like do things with our bodies. Now, what do I mean by that? The Samaritans, sorry, the Samaritan guy, he like physically had to turn back and go to Jesus, right? Like it wasn't enough to just be like, yell in a loud voice like you did and just thank God and keep going. It was like he physically went back. The Jewish people would physically take these rocks and build these Ebenezers. So I think we need to brainstorm of ways that we can be thanking God, whether that's like kneeling prayers or what, what, it, what not. Um, and I think we should have holidays and meals. This is like the brainstorming side of things. What would it look like to have Ebenezers all around your house? Now, not giant rock piles. That would be interesting. Um, but like things like, I don't know. It's like you have a mug that you got from somewhere, and it reminds you of when God did something. And so every morning when I drink out of this coffee mug, it reminds me to thank God for this, right? Or maybe it's just a rhythm of every time I walk into my office, I thank God for the job that he's given me. Or maybe it's pictures around your house or in your car that every time you see it, you just, God, thank you. Thank you for this person in my life. Thank you for what you did here. What would it look like to have Ebenezer's around our homes and in our office and in our cars? And, okay, so I was talking about this with my wife, Kari, which she's awesome. Shout out. Um, and uh, I was like, Kari, I need to find my, the date of my baptism. I was like, I don't know. I was probably in, like, fourth grade. Um, but my mom also keeps everything, so hopefully it's easy to find. But, so I'm searching, I'm, gonna, I'm searching for the date of my baptism. Why? Because I want to start celebrating it like a birthday, Right? Because it's like, and that's what I want to do with Felicity, Lord willing, when she gets baptized. It's like, and here's the thing, guys. If you're baptized on Easter, it's different every year. So remember the date. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Um, but like, same with Kari. It's like, guys, we were born again. We were spiritually dead, and now we're alive. We're a new creation. I think that's worth celebrating like we do birthdays. Having people over. And thanking God that I'm a new creation, I'm his child, right? But imagine this, okay? On your phone, wherever. Imagine having a calendar full of days in honor and thanksgiving to God. Like, you know, you have like 4th of July and whatever. And you have Thanksgiving, which is great. It's a good place to start. And uh, you have New Year's and whatever. But then you have all these other ones that are just personal to you. So, like, I'm, I'm even dreaming with Kari. It's like, hey, we closed on our house on July 6th. Why not every year on July 6th we have people over and we're like, hey, guys, we're going we're gonna to drink this certain drink and eat this funny food, and we're going to celebrate that God gave us this house. We're going to thank him, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just brainstorming. But then, okay, um, 
My boss is Brian Berger, and he's very big on these things called prayer cards. And it's cool because people have, um, they've looked back like three years after they've made these prayer cards, and it's like, whoa, God answered this and this and this and this. And keeping those prayer cards, like, helps you to remember what God has done. And actually, we read this verse this morning. It says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And I feel like as we're watchful for what the Lord is doing, it just like gratitude will inevitably bubble up from us. So we thank God for what he's done in the past. I'm almost done, sorry. The present. And I think we thank God for things in the future. And you're like, how does that work? Well, all I know is that Jesus did it. Jesus thanks God before Lazarus is even raised from the dead. He thanks him before he multiplies the bread and feeds the 5,000. Paul gives thanks in his letters for what God will do in a community. So do we thank God for what will happen in the future? I think of things like, I may have this illness, but God, thank you that one day when your kingdom is fully here, my body's going to be restored, right? Thank you, God. And I think, I think this is so powerful, and I need to practice this more. But I think it's cool and it's good to thank God for sins that you are currently struggling with, that, that they are dead and they no longer have reign over you. And you're like, but I still struggle with it. And it's like, yeah, there will be a day when you don't. And I'm going to thank God for that day. It might be here on earth. It might be when the kingdom comes fully. So I think that's powerful. This sin no longer has reign over me. Thank you, God, even while you're still struggling with it. Okay, in, con- Whoa, that was weird. in conclusion, why is gratitude so important to Jesus? Because it reorients us back into relationship with himself, which ultimately is what we are created for. When we are grateful, we experience flourishing because we are with God, present with God. Okay, I messed that up. <laughs> but seriously, like, Gratitude brings us into the presence of God, and we flourish when we are in relationship with him. Okay, this is what I'm going to end with. So the word, okay, Luke 17, verse 16. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Now the word for thanked is the word eucharistia, and it's the word that we get eucharist. And you guys might be like, what's a Eucharist? Well, we call it the Lord's Supper or communion. But Eucharistia means thanksgiving and gratitude. I think that's pretty cool. God, Jesus himself, like instituted this for all believers to be thankful and grateful for the death that he died and, the, and him raising again to life. It's giving thanks for what God has done in the death of Christ on our behalf in the past, the truth of our lives now because of that, and proclaiming the good news of his coming again to bring the fullness of his kingdom here on earth. Thanksgiving that we, all of us, 
We were brought from slavery to sin, from slavery to sin to adoption into God's family. We all, if you are trusting in the the work of Jesus, if you consider him Lord of your life and Savior, you've passed from a life with no meaning and separation from God to a life filled with purpose and a kingdom mission that encompasses all of your life. Now that is worth thanking God for, right? Amen. I'm going to pray, and then I think we're going to sing about how great our God is. Father, I thank you so much for this time. Um, And Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would show us ways um, that we that we can be grateful. Bring, bring to mind things in the past, Lord, um, that you've done that we can start celebrating on a regular basis, Lord. I pray that our communities, when we get together, um, they would be for, for times where, of what you've done. And I pray, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you would help us to practice gratitude, Lord. You are worthy of all praise and all honor. In all glory, yours is the kingdom. Um, And Lord, we are grateful to be called your children. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.